Hello, and welcome to the next episode of How Good It Is. It's a weekly podcast where we take a closer look at popular songs from the rock and roll era and look into some of the stories behind those songs and the artists who made them famous. My name is Claude Call, and well, now we're all stuck with that knowledge. If you want to get in touch with me, come find me on Twitter at HowGoodItIsPod, or you can leave a comment on the website, HowGoodItIs.com, where you can find some additional trivia, some follow-ups, and other stuff that I found interesting. And don't forget to check out and follow the show's Facebook page. We're over at Facebook.com slash Ow. How good it is, Pod. Okay, I'm going to start you off with a uh, trivia question this week. According to researcher Peter Metzger, there has only been one time when there were three consecutive number one songs that had one-word titles. They occupied that spot for a total of 10 weeks in 1967. What were the songs and the artists? Why not? Once again, three consecutive songs each with a single word for a title holding the number one slot on the Billboard chart in 1967. Name those songs and their artists, and as usual, I'll have the answer at the end of the show. Robert James Byrd was uh, born in 1930. He was a rock and roll singer. He played several instruments. He wrote a bunch of hit songs, and he was well-known as a producer. But the thing he's most famous for is a song he didn't even write. Now, early in his career, Robert Byrd was a founding member of a doo-wop group called the Hollywood Flames, although they recorded under several different names. Their big claim to fame was this 1957 track called Buzz, Buzz, Buzz. Buzz 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 went to number 5 on the R&B chart and to number 11 on the Billboard pop chart that year. And it was around this time that Robert Byrd and co-flame Earl Nelson, who sang lead on Buzz Buzz Buzz, began to work on some projects of their own. And for contractual reasons, Robert Byrd took on the name we know him as today, Bobby Day. Bobby Day wrote the song Little Bitty Pretty One, and they recorded that song as Bobby Day and the Satellites. By the way, I should make it clear that despite all the similarities in both personal and group names, the Robert Byrd who became Bobby Day is not the same Bobby Byrd who founded the Famous Flames. That's the uh, band that James Brown got his career started with. Now, of course, Little Bitty Pretty One became a much bigger hit for Thurston Harris later the same year, but Harris's cover is so faithful that other than the timber of the lead singer, it's kind of tough to tell the difference between the two. So Bobby Day left the uh, Hollywood Flames at that point, and he began working on his own uh, career. Now I'm going to skip ahead in the timeline just a little bit. In 1960, Bobby Day reconnected with Earl Nelson to become the duo known as Bob and Earl. But most people who know that era will remember that Bob and Earl was the group that first wrote and recorded the 1963 song Harlem Shuffle, produced by Barry White. The Bob and Earl in that group was Bobby Ralph, however. He replaced Bobby Day in 1962 when Day and Nelson split up after the records they made didn't do very well. By that point, Day was back to a solo career. 
Now, during the 1960s, Bobby Day was largely known for his songwriting efforts. One of his most popular songs was this track for the Dave Clark Five, which was the last number one hit of the year 1965. Now that second line doesn't make a ton of sense, does it? Everybody there was there. That was changed from Bobby Day's original lyric, everyone there was stag, which is a phrase I don't think you hear much anymore. Stag is a term meaning you're going somewhere, usually a social event, without a date. And, let's face it, stag actually rhymes with drag. But here's the interesting thing. Over and Over wasn't written for Dave Clark. They were just covering Bobby Day. Well, I went to a dance the other night. Everybody went stag. I said over and over and over again, this dance is gonna be a drag. I said over and over and over again, this dance is gonna be a drag. I said over and over and over again, this dance is gonna be a drag. Over and Over was originally recorded by Bobby Day and it was used as a B-side back in 1958. The A-side, which Bobby Day didn't write, was the biggest single of his recording career. Rockin' Robin was written by a man named Leon René, a songwriter and a record executive using the pen name Jimmy Thomas, although sometimes you see him credited as Jesse Thomas. The story goes that René was actually inspired by a mockingbird, not a robin, that was bothering him with its constant singing. Now, one of the things that's kind of cool about the song is that the tempo never changes. It starts off quick, and it just never slows down. And even though the song is only two and a half minutes long, you hear the chorus four times. You hear the bridge twice, and the backup singers are constantly pulling up that tweet, tweet, tweetly dee hook throughout the song. Now, you don't hear her much, but Barney Kessel is playing guitar in this track, and that's Earl Palmer playing the drums. But the most significant instrument on this track is that piccolo, which is being played by Plaz Johnson. Now, Johnson wasn't really known for being a piccolo player. He's best known as the tenor sax player on this track. Now that, of course, is the Pink Panther theme from 1963, which was ultimately nominated for an Oscar for Best Original Score, but it lost out to Mary Poppins. Rockin' Robin, of course, was covered by Michael Jackson in 1971, and it was released as his second solo single. Went to number two on Billboard's R&B and pop charts. Bobby Day's version also peaked at number two on the pop chart, but it did manage to spend one week in the number one slot on the R&B chart. Now, 
Okay, it's time to answer the trivia question from the beginning of the show. I had asked about three consecutive number one songs from 1967, all of which had one-word titles. And those songs were... Groovin' by the Young Rascals. It was number one for two weeks starting the week of May 20th. Aretha Franklin's Respect then took over the top slot for two weeks, the week of June 3rd. Then Groovin reclaimed the number one position on June 17th for another two weeks. And finally, the association's Windy dominated the chart for the entire month of July in that year of 1967. So from May 20th until the end of July 1967, three consecutive one-word titles occupying the top slot on the Hot 100. And according to Peter Meltzer, that's the only time we've had that happen. And that's it for this edition of How Good It Is. Wow, that went quick. If you want to get in touch with me, you can email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com or you can follow me on Twitter at howgooditispod. You can also check out and follow the show's Facebook page at facebook.com slash howgooditispod. Or you can check out the show's website, howgooditis.com, where I throw in a few extra bits for you. I'm going to take a little bit of a spring break, so I'm taking two weeks out. So I'm going to find out how good it is to soak up a little sunshine. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you the first week in April.